The NHL is about to name their first batch of All-Stars for this year's All-Star Game. And on today's show, we'll debate who should be the Nashville Predators selection for this year's game. Plus, as the Preds get ready to take on the Flames tonight, will we see Cody Glass back in the lineup? And how concerned are we with the season he's had so far? We'll dive into that today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys, and we appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Also want to mention today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. On today's show, the NHL is about to nominate the first batch of All-Stars, one from each team. Uh, The rest are going to be voted in by fans later. We will talk about who we think the Predators uh, should have represent them in the All-Star game, uh, and maybe even a vibes pick, somebody who we'd like to see in the (laughs) All-Star game, plus... Uh, Cody Glass potentially back in the lineup soon. Are we concerned with the season he's had so far? He's been injured. He's been inconsistent on the ice. How much should we read into that? First, though, Preds take on the Calgary Flames tonight in Nashville, a 7 o'clock puck drop. And uh, we talked about that Chicago game kind of being a feel-good game. Uh, Even though it didn't wind up being the blowout on the scoreboard, I think a lot of fans were happy with the, um, I I guess, the the flow of the game, the the way the Predators controlled that game. Uh, They're going to have a little bit of a tougher time tonight uh, against the Calgary Flames, a step up from the Chicago Blackhawks. But I, I would say it's probably the same situation. You want to see them control this game from start to finish. Yeah, you really do. This is one of those games where I think you have an opportunity after, you know, a win over Chicago. Let's not forget this was a win. They had a really great, I thought, first period with puck possession, controlling the pace of the game, Uh, didn't get the results on the scoreboard. And, you know, we've talked about how Andrew Burnett maybe felt like the, the push didn't match what the scoreboard said in the Chicago game in the second kind of part of the third period. So this is kind of an opportunity for the Nashville Predators to try to do that first period for 60 minutes. And it's something, you know, you and I have talked about this. It's something that we haven't maybe seen recently is a 60 minute game from the Predators 
with them really controlling the game. Obviously, in 60 minutes, there's going to be ebb and flow, you know, in in a game. But I don't know that we've seen the Predators control a game like they did that first period against Chicago. And maybe tonight they can try to do it against Calgary. But again, Calgary is not Chicago. This is, you know, a team that, you know, their record maybe is not that great. I think they're 16, 16 and two, you know, so five. 16, oh, 16, 16, and five. Sorry, Calgary, I tried. Uh, but, yeah, you know. Give them those four extra loser points those here. Little, those little points. But, you know, it's a team where I think if Nashville comes out and plays their best game, they could, you know, they could be successful here against Calgary. Not to say that Calgary doesn't have some weapons of their own that the Predators need to be mindful of, but. We're all waiting to see that 60-minute game from the Nashville Predators, and it's been a while. So maybe tonight is the night, but it's going to be a tougher challenge than it was to try to do that against Chicago. Yeah. You had a few things working for you in the Chicago game. Chicago's uh, penalty kill wasn't good. Predators scored two power play goals. Uh, Calgary, that's their strong suit, has has been the penalty kill, fifth in the NHL. Uh, right now, you also had, uh, although so- Soderblom wound up looking pretty good, but uh, Jacob Markstrom uh, uh, getting a little bit better as the year has gone on. Um, you know, Calgary has gone from one of the NHL's worst defensive teams to now 17th. So that's been a big jump for them. Um, so that's going to be another tough test. It might be one of those things where you really have to kind of keep shooting the puck on net in order to get some goals. Um, And and what would you say is a big key for the Nashville Predators tonight? I think you hit on it when you mentioned Jacob Markstrom. And we kind of joke about it, and I mean it respectfully, but he's like a walrus in net from that insurance commercial. You know, this is just a giant, and I mean it respectfully, but this is just a giant goaltender who doesn't leave a lot of space. And so the Predators are going to have to make Markstrom move. They are really going to have to move the puck pretty quickly. Somebody like Philip Forsberg, who can really kind of snipe in a small space. I would love to see Tommy Novak, who we know can kind of get the puck in a small space. Those are the players that are going to have to kind of pressure him with some skill. Otherwise, it's going to be pucks on net. Get guys into and in front of the net, block his line of sight, and be there for kind of those greasy goals. This may be a game that's won by, you know, not by not by looks, but by just those greasy goals. And I think that's going to be really important for the Predators. They've got to pressure Markstrom. Are you surprised uh, that the Flames have kind of struggled as much as they have the past two years? Remember, it wasn't that long ago that the Flames were kind of the up-and-coming team. They had Matthew Kachuk. They had Jonathan Huberto. Uh, Markstrom was one of the NHL's best goalies. And then they went out. They made that trade, um, you know, not really by choice. Their hand was forced. Uh, You know, Jonathan Huberto comes in. And Jonathan Huberto had just been, I think, was third in the NHL in scoring that year was like a 110 point guy. It's tied for ninth on the flames and scoring this year, just 17 yeah. points through 37 games. Uh, Mackenzie Weger is good, but Hey, with the other big move was Nazem Kadri, uh, 26 points in, in just 37 games and nowhere near uh, where he was that one season in Colorado. I think we knew he was going to take a step back maybe a little bit, wasn't going to necessarily be an 80 point guy, but he hasn't, you know, in his two years in Calgary, been sort of that impact player that I thought a lot of people thought he was going to be. 
it's it's surprising a little bit. You know, we know that you know it, it's hard to replace a Matthew Kachuk um, based on what you know um, you know John, or Johnny Gaudreau did for that team. We know right. that it's hard to replace that, but and like this is you know just two moves, and all of a sudden this team is completely a shell of its former self. Yeah, and it's not even that they just lost people and didn't gain talent back. Like you said, I mean, they've got Nazem Kadri, they've got Jonathan Huberto, you know, Elias Lindholm is on this team, Blake Coleman is on this team, they've got some younger players, Mackenzie Weger, you know, Igor Sharangovich. Like they've got talent on this team, but it's just not come together. And I'm with you, like Calgary was a team kind of in the back of your mind. You're like, this is the sleeper pick. Like Calgary is going to be a, a a sleeper pick. They're going to become um, a team sort of like a Colorado where, you know, it's going to be hard to get a win over them. And, you know, I'm not speaking anything over the game tonight because, you know, the hockey gods are whack this year with the Predators, but they are not what they look like they should be on paper. You know, in, in even Markstrom, you know, I just they're very surprising to me. And yet you have to be aware of the fact that, like, they have some talent there. If they can get it together, maybe, you know, they're going to be a hard, you know, they're going to be a hard team. So I am I'm really surprised that Calgary isn't more in the mix. Yeah. Um, For the Nashville Predators, are we going to see Cody Glass? That's a question we have not seen him in the lineup for, you know, quite some time. Are we concerned about the season he's had so far? We're going to talk talk about that in just one second. First, though, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point in the season, Preds fans. And regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you, you could still win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether players like Philip Forsberg, Jonathan Huberto, Ryan O'Reilly, and Nazem Kadri will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Preds fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, Ann, let's talk about Cody Glass. Uh, Somebody that we have not seen in the lineup uh, for uh, since the Detroit game, which I believe is now two games without him. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch earlier. I think he was a healthy scratch for the Dallas game and the Flyers game right before Christmas. Um, this is – it's not turning into the season I think Preds fans were expecting to see uh, from number eight. I mean, he came into this year – you know, a lot of people kind of 
pictured him as, oh, this is the guy who's going to jump up and seize that number two center role. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is, you know, the Preds future middle six center. Maybe we can turn him into kind of a puck possession machine. Maybe we can get him some penalty kill opportunities and kind of have him be, you know, defensive minded center. We, we lauded him for, you know, sort of his hockey IQ and nose for the net. Uh, And it's just gone all sorts of wrong for him this year. Obviously two uh, big injury spells, I think derailed him, but even when he's come back, um, even in the games where he's been on the ice and has gotten some consistent time, uh, it's just not gone the way he's wanted to this year. One goal, one assist for two points in 16 games, a minus eight. And uh, how concerned should we be about Glass's game this year? I think the 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 question I would rather answer <laughs> is how um, how disappointed you know how disappointing is the start of the season for him because this has been really tough. And I think because he's missed so much time with injury and they're two very different injuries, you know, he had a knee injury that, you know, fortunately was not as significant as the one that he had when he was um, with Vegas, but was still pretty serious. And then upper body injury, you know, I would go ahead and speculate that it was pretty significant as well, just, you know, from the amount of time he missed and, and that kind of thing. So this has been a tough season and I think it's really hard to get going when your injuries happen so quickly. Like, you know, he really was injured you know, right out of the gate. He was injured in the Rangers game, which I think was the second or third game of the season and missed a chunk of time and came back for two or three games and then was re-injured again against Colorado. So it's been a really disappointing season. And I think it's tough to pick up then for a couple of reasons. One, you've got uh, lines kind of already working together. You've got people that are so much further ahead in learning a new system. Because remember, this is Cody Glass not just trying to get back on the ice. This is Cody Glass trying to become comfortable in a new system. And the, the best way to do that is to play it. You've got to play it and play it and play it. And you've got to play it at game speed. And he just hasn't had the opportunity to do that. You know, how concerned am I? I think this is a a tough season. My concern for Cody Glass is not that I think that he is a bust or that I think that that this is not he's not going to turn into or find his potential in Nashville long term. I my concern is, you know, how is he doing more just what is the mental side of his game like at this point? Do you know what I'm saying? Because you talk right. about like he this is a he's a big boy. Cody Glass is is a big boy. You know, he is somebody who you think you want to see him playing a really physical game. You want to see him in front of the net. You want to see him fighting for that space. When you've been injured twice significantly, you know, kind of how does that affect him when he plays the game? And also just um you know, he's been very open about the challenge of missing so much time and getting back on the ice. So for me, I don't think that this speaks anything over his potential. I think it delays an opportunity to see it. And I think it's really hard to catch, you know, as Barry Trotz said last year, a moving train because so many players have got more comfortable with this system than Cody Glass. How do you then jump on board a train that's kind of moving and get yourself up to that comfort level? You know, it may not be this year that we see Cody Glass hit that threshold. And and how, you know, my question then becomes, is Andrew Brunette okay with that? 
is Barry Trotz okay with that? I don't know. It was hard going into this year because I think a lot of people were still trying to figure out who Cody Glass was as a player. Was he going to develop into a number one center? Mm -hmm. Um, Was he better suited to be sort of a, you know, middle six guy um, or, or is he just kind of a spare piece? I think a lot of people were just kind of trying to get a handle on that um and i think why a lot of people are disappointed is because we really haven't gotten an answer to that question this year yeah he's been injured twice but he's also at points kind of looked out of place in the way that andrew burnett wants to play and i think that is a big concern because you know we we mentioned a lot of speed with burnett Mm -hmm. system we mentioned you know sort of a quicker decision um, and it would go back and watch, you know, Cody Glass or John Hines. And that wasn't necessarily Cody Glass's game. Like, you know, he wasn't the fastest guy. He just kind of had a really good hockey IQ, right? Skate himself in the high danger areas. So if he's now playing another, you know, style under Andrew Burnett, that is a concern, I think, a little bit for me. Um, I think for the rest of the season, it, it's it's going to be tough because mm-hmm. he's now in healthy scratch territory and you have a lot of guys, um, I guess, kind of ahead of him in the lineup playing a little bit more consistently. He'll wind up getting another chance and might be tonight uh, against Calgary. We'll see. Yeah. But, you know, if, if I'm him, I I wouldn't hate him kind of just using his instincts from last year, mm-hmm. which is, okay, well, if you're not going to be the skater on the ice and maintain puck possession guy, Use your physicality a little bit, like Philip Forsberg does a little bit. And, and, you know, kind of, you know, make your home behind the net, you know, win some of those puck battles, um, you know, try to make plays, you know, kind of in in the Gretzky's office area or in the slot. Um, Use your hockey IQ just to, you know, skate to the front of the net. Look for open space. Just kind of make your way there. And if you're doing that, then I think you're going to see Cody Glass, you know, maybe he's not a perfect fit in what Burnett wants to do, but he's doing something to kind of influence the game and he's doing himself to make himself a dangerous player. It feels like he's gotten away from that a little bit this year. So if you're back on the ice and you're seeing him maybe make some of those plays where he's just putting himself in a dangerous spot, then I, then I think the the concern will be lifted a little bit because right. you're like okay at least he is you know turning himself into a you know dangerous player he's doing something yeah and i think that's one of the benefits of cody glass is that he really has a skill set that's very broad in the sense that he could be the playmaker tommy novak ish. You know what I'm saying? Like he really has that high hockey IQ. He has great instincts on the ice. Um, So he has that ability, but he also has that um, physicality. Like he is that deceptively strong, like Philip Forsberg is. You don't look at Philip Forsberg and think, wow, that guy is going to be a really physically strong player. Mm -hmm. Cody Glass is the same way. And I agree with you. Like if you don't get an opportunity to really get comfortable with that high hockey IQ style of play. I agree with you. Go out there and be that physical presence because Cody Glass has that in his wheelhouse as well. And I think that's the thing that he has going for him is his 
um, his hockey abilities are broad. So if he can get comfortable one way or the other, it's going to benefit him and it is going to benefit the team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Preds take on the Calgary Flames tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop. We'll have a full recap of that on tomorrow's show. But first, today is also the day that the NHL is going to put out some all-star picks, at least according to reports. They're going to pick one player from each team. Who will be the Preds' all-star pick? Who deserves it? And who would be a vibes pick you would like to see? We'll talk about that in just one second. First, want to let you know this episode's brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL's regular season is wrapping up, much to a lot of people's relief here in Tennessee. But there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. They are America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the FanDuel app is super easy to use. There's so many different ways for you to get involved in bet. Like you can do a live same game parlay. You can find bets in their new explore tab. You can also make a parlay in their parlay hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays and much, much more. So check it out. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, Anne, uh, according to reports, the NHL is going to release all-star picks for this year's all-star game. Uh, They're going to start by releasing one player from each team. Uh, The remaining spots are going to be voted in by the fans, which means we're going to figure out soon which Predator is going to be an all-star. You could go a couple of different ways on this, Anne. Um, because it's, you know, you're filling out a roster for, um, you know, the, the entire central division. So who let's start with this. Maybe who do you think is most deserving and who do you think is going to actually be the pick? Do you think there's going to be a discrepancy between the two? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I think, um, I, I think we're going to see Philip Forsberg get the pick. And I would say that I think Philip Forsberg is probably the most deserving. But you do have to factor in the fact that there are, you know, only so many forward slots, my friends, and um, only so many spl- spots for defensemen. You know, as much as I hate to say it, I don't think UC Soros is in the running, you know, when it comes to goaltending, just statistically, you know, he's had kind of an up and down year. Do I think he's one of the best in the league? I do, but it's about numbers, people. Um, so I do think Philip Forsberg deserves it. Um, I suspect he will get it. And here's here's kind of why I'm not sure that there's enough of a standout defenseman that the NHL can say definitely not that Roman Yossi isn't all that in a bag of chips because yeah. we all know that he is all that in a bag of chips. But again, it comes down to statistics and his numbers look very different this year because he's playing in a very different system under Andrew Burnett. So I suspect that it's going to be Philip Forsberg. That's kind of what I'm leaning the same logic to. I think it's, mm-hmm. it should be Forsberg. I think he's been the MVP of his team this year. I just wonder, it's like, if they look at the Central and be like, okay, who's an all-star defenseman from other teams? 
Uh, it's not Chicago because they're going to want Connor Bedard. Right. Um, maybe not Winnipeg because they're going to want you know somebody else there. So I'm going to I'm wondering if they're going to be like okay, uh, Roman Yossi is the captain. He is the name recognition. Um, so he's the all star pick from the Predators. That's my only thing. Yeah. If the NHL kind of uses that logic yeah how about jeremy lazan baby who leads the nhl and hits jeremy lazan there's a statistic that'll get him picked to the all-star game my friends yeah yeah. uh uh it's funny because it just it feels like whenever anybody talk about like how good a player is doing it's like oh look at how look how many hits they have like you know they're leading the nhl and hits and it's like does that mean they don't have the puck like, doesn't it mean they're normally the other team is out there and, and doing something? Yeah. That's and Lazan you know, a lot of other things, but yes, it, because it feels like you have to have a number to justify a pick. So yeah, you know, like, like isn't it like yeah, like it isn't it? Aren't, aren't you supposed to kind of be like the offensive juggernaut? Aren't you supposed to be the possession guy? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but good for them. Um, here's an interesting question, and just based on vibes. Come on. Like, who's a player you would love to see in the All-Star game? Um, I have two that, for me, would be straight vibes. And statistically, they're not they're not going to they're not going to make it. But Luke Evangelista. And let me tell you why. First of all, Luke Evangelista just is a vibe with legs and skates like he just is a vibe but also this is a guy who is so hyper competitive I would love to see him show up at the all-star game because he is gonna go after every opportunity like this is somebody who's gonna like he would compete out of his mind but the other one that straight vibes who I think deserves it is Michael McCarron and yeah. I know that people are going to be like, what? Michael McCarron is a vibe, y'all. He is a fun vibe. So I would, everything is more fun with Michael McCarron. And I know that's probably is not a sentence many people have said before, and some may not agree with it, but Michael McCarron's a vibe. You heard it here folk, first, folks. <laughs> Ann, Ann Kimmel believes Michael McCarron should be Predator's all-star pick. He's so fun. <laughs> he is. No, he's, he's definitely, you know, a fun guy. And it would be cool to kind of see him get his flowers a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, and if I'm going to vibes pick, uh, Colton Sissons. Come on. It's somebody that I would yes. love to see get some kudos uh, around the NHL. Uh, his career bad. high in goals is 15 and he's got 11 this year which means he's very likely to shatter that mark uh his career high is 30 points he's got 20 this year yeah Uh, so he's also there's a good chance he tops that mark as well uh but just the importance of what he's been for the predators this year you know he's the stability guy you know he's the guy that's been here for for multiple eras and has kind of stepped up and been a key cog in all of the eras. Like he, you know, he was the first line center in the Stanley Cup uh, finals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the Peter Laviolette system, then he, you know, John Hines comes in and he kind of becomes like the, the middle six anchor, the herd line champion, the defensive juggernaut. Then comes to Andrew Burnett and we're like, okay, is Colton Sissons just going to kind of be another guy? But he's wound up becoming you know, sort of a key contributor too, has found his way into, you know, the net front guy on the power play, the first yeah. power play unit. And it's just, I, I love 
what he's done over the years. I love the way he adjusts and sort of embraces change and is willing to, you know, when a new coach comes in, when somebody wants to play a different style, is able to look kind of at himself and his own game first and be like, okay, what can I do to kind of help this? And I, I love that. And I love that he is the ultimate team guy. And I would love to see him get uh, some kudos yes. with an all-star appearance. Um, yeah. That's the vibes big. That's my vibes big. Yeah. No, I think if you're talking merit, um, he he is such a great pick. He is such an all-around great player. He's a little bit like the Samwise Gamgee of the Nashville Predators. Like, not a main <laughs> character, but nothing could really happen without Colton Sissons. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Ryan O'Reilly is another one that I think you could make a, a good argument for, just in the sense that he kind of does everything. You know, he's on the power play. He's in the penalty kill, you know, just you know, he's Ryan O'Reilly, y'all. He's out there Ryan O'Reilly-ing. So I could see him. And, you know, Gus Nyquist, the tear he is on right now is just a whole thing too. So, you know, there's definitely some players that are, that are, even though the Nashville Predators aren't in, you know, deep in the postseason conversation, there are some players quietly having really, really good seasons under Andrew Burnett this first, this first year. So yeah, Colton Sissons, I am here for. He is so chronically underrated in this league chronically underrated yeah uh we should find out later today possibly tomorrow who the all-star picks are going to be uh so let us know if you're listening either tweet us or comment on our youtube page uh who you would like to see represent the predators at this year's game and where can people find your work you can find my work online at insidethepreds.com you can find me on social media at ann k underscore mama on ice you can find me at Penalty Box Radio or on social media at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back with an all-new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.